0: listening what the hell was that you're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine uh this is socially distanced as always uh I, I'm Paxton Wright I just got really scared by a weird screeching noise on my desk I don't know if that picked up on the microphone uh but it uh, it scared me and uh thus the thus the flow of the intro was uh thrown out of whack um if you're wondering why I sound, uh, well, bad today, um, it's because I just moved and I cannot find the cable for my microphone anywhere. So I'm using uh, a a, a, a P-Poor uh, headset here. So apologies in advance for me blowing out your eardrums at home. Uh, another sort of fun twist, another sort of little dash of spice in today's episode. It's really gonna sort of throw you for a loop. My usual co-host, Justin Kiever, is not here today, but don't worry, don't change the channel because you're not just stuck with me. My God, I I would never subject you to that. No, we actually have a a delightful guest with us today. He's actually uh, co-hosted the show once before. He's a a gem. He's in a league of his own, and uh, we love him here. We love him here at Socially Distanced. His name is Issa Rashid. Issa, how you doing, champ? Fantastic. I'm I'm really glad the delightful host was me. I was worried you'd bring out a third guy. <laughs> and here is Ansel Elgort. I don't know, it was the first name that came to mind. I feel like there's a funnier. I was gonna say Ernest Borgnine, but he's dead. So I went with Ansel Elgort, the like twenty-four-year-old Hollywood hunk, as opposed to Ernest Borgnine, the dead. A Hollywood guy that played sort of blue collar brawny men you know
1: yeah no I think teenage heartthrob is always a good choice I I am in the habit of referring to everyone as a teenage heartthrob though I think it's really fun <laughs> teenage uh, heartthrob Ernest Borgnine <laughs> yeah like but also it makes like any political conversation better like oh <laughs> you'll never guess what teen heartthrob steve bannon said today
0: (laughs) teen heartthrob rand paul rips teen heartthrob dr anthony fauci in senate hearing (laughs) i like this bit i like this bit i can get behind this uh let's see if we can keep it going for the rest of the episode um anyway so first off as always, you know, Justin's not here, but that doesn't mean the the uh, format of the show is going to change dramatically. It's probably going to be a lot less professional, but um, when have we ever been professional? Who am I kidding? Uh, but it's, it, you, you know, we're still we're still sticking to our formula. So first of all. Oh, I should also mention one thing I forgot to mention. Uh, Justin and I talking about Mass Effect is not done. For those who have been following our uh, lengthy Mass Effect discussion, it's going to come back. But uh, Justin not being here and Isa, you not really being much of a, an elite quote unquote gamer, um, not much to say on Mass Effect this week. So we're, we're putting a pin in that, but we'll come back to it. Anywho. Uh, yes, yeah, so we're going to start with uh, the news uh, for this week, and some interesting stuff's going down. Some interesting stuff. Uh, I would like to start, I think we should start the docket with uh, this news coming out of Netflix. Isa, you heard about this? You read about this? You hear about this, Isa? Yep, because I told you about it. Uh. (laughs) shut up you weren't supposed to tell them that (laughs) um anywho this news story that uh we've all been hearing about for a while now on our own accord uh is that uh uh netflix has just hired a former ea and facebook oculus executive yes that oculus mike Verdu. And they will, uh, they're slated to begin streaming uh, video games in 2022. Um, interesting, I suppose. Uh, it's one of those things where it's like, I do wonder what kind of niche uh, Netflix can really even carve out for themselves at this point, given that game streaming is it's kind of everywhere it sounds sort of revolutionary to someone who doesn't sort of keep up with the industry all that much especially because netflix is a name that's been classically associated with movies but like playstation has one of these services xbox has one of these services google has one of these services there's game pass i mean you have uh, no no shortage of options on this front Uh, so I I suppose where Netflix sees themselves fitting into the equation is sort of where I raise a big question mark you know what I mean yeah definitely
1: it's actually really interesting because all of those services I have no experience with my last console was like the 360 and I know there's been things like Stadia and Amazon Luna and I forgot about Amazon yeah and uh, for the consoles playing past, where like, yeah, it's just the same idea. But it's really interesting that literally everyone has Netflix. So I, I, I assume this would sort of make those ideas much more mainstream. It's also really interesting to to put that in comparison to how much Netflix has innovated uh, entertainment. Um, a lot of people have talked about how sort of movies and 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 TV have sort of merged in the era of streaming. Like uh, I think the Fear Street uh, film trilogy is a great example of that. It, it like basically feels like TV, but it is just like separate films. Um, but uh, and also, I I think we we too often forget Bandersnatch and the fact that Netflix has, has already has like interactive films. They uh, put the entire Telltale Mind. Oh,
0: you there. Craft on Netflix. Oh, there he is. No, I, Interesting. Oh shoot! Sorry, did I cut? You 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 cut for a minute, but we're good. We're golden. Keep okay. keep on keep on going, sweet cheeks. <laughs> okay. Uh, but as I was saying, um, they put
1: the entirety of the Telltale uh, Minecraft, uh, like story, uh, on Netflix. Oh, I didn't know that. Interac- is
0: it interactable, or do you basically yeah. just watch it play through?
1: No, it's like Bandersnatch, but like with more options. Oh, and that's interesting. I didn't yeah, know that ever I, happened. I did that, and I started it. Uh, I didn't play it all the way through, but I kept thinking, "This is like insanely futuristic." <laughs> like, I, I, I couldn't imagine like a kid version of me thinking, "like, like, oh, this is possible," you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so it it doesn't it doesn't like shock me that they're doing this, but it it is really interesting. Yeah, I I wonder how successful that it is. Be. A continuation of of trends Netflix has already sort of started. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. This one hundred percent. I'm I'm assuming is going to flop. But like, you do need to you know do some innovation to, to see what sticks and what
0: doesn't. I, but I think they actually where they may have an advantage is the fact that you know. A lot of people don't own consoles and streaming games typically already caters to a very casual market. The people who are like really into playing video games don't want to stream because uh, they want to actually own they want to own the products that they're playing. They want to, uh, they want to experience it at a high frame rate. They don't, you know, they don't want to deal with all the input lag that comes with streaming. So it, it pretty much eliminates the people who are far more. I'm, I'm dancing around the word gamers. Um, it, it eliminates, it eliminates the gamers, (laughs) um, which is weird because usually gamers are the ones doing eliminating. Um, I don't really know where I was going with that, but, uh, Uh, You know, so it weeds them out. So it keeps a sort of casual audience uh, at play. Uh, A lot of the casual audiences are not going to be people spending, you know, $500 on a PlayStation or what have you. Um, And things like stadia and the amazon thing which you said it 20 seconds ago and i already forgot what it was called um doris or whatever uh but um the the stadia and amazon's thing like those were flops in themselves because they were also marketed really poorly and really vaguely and had really like disastrous launches um so they had very little incentive. Netflix, as you said, is this, is this service that everyone kind of owns, and you raise an interesting point, has also already sort of used for to play games it, to an extent with, again, the Minecraft thing with Bandersnatch, etc. cetera. Um, so they do have kind of an advantage here in catering to a far more casual audience who otherwise wouldn't want to uh, drop the money required um that these other uh mediums do so i don't know i still think more likely than not i can't see this succeeding because uh, or at least much more than stadia did but i don't know i don't know it's tough to say it's a weird um it's a weird piece of news that only just kind of broke recently like in the last day um as, at least as of recording this. So, you know, it, it's tough to say really where this will go. I haven't heard or seen a lot of speculation on it yet beyond just people sort of uh, goofing in Twitter comments. Uh, so time will tell. But it's it's weird. It's weird. See what happens. We'll see what happens. Issa. Uh, yep Issa yeah I'd like to talk about um, I'd like to talk about respecting the dead. <laughs> Great <laughs> it
1: seems like uh, there's a lot more of them to respect
0: um, <laughs> And what better way to respect uh, those those taken from us too soon than hold on, to... Just,
1: by the way this if this were a podcast this is where you would put the ad.
0: <laughs> and you know what when you're getting put down into that casket you want to look your best that's why stitch fix is here to help uh, uh the
1: I've, the I've world's been, really I just, cool the the i've been listening to a lot of podcasts oh, oh. sorry Oh, no sorry ahead. you cut out a bit
0: oh uh, I think we're no kind you of go more. ahead we have a bit of a lag which is gonna make for great radio yeah um but uh, uh I'm sorry did you say lag <laughs> I said lag lag <laughs> lag uh- <laughs> no everyone has tuned out at this point this is it's just you and me even the fcc can't bother listening anymore (laughs) no no one has the patience for this Uh, this is going great um man justin is missing out uh the yeah i was gonna say though you know the world's pretty cool and it's only getting cooler. Um, And I think, uh, I think this next story really is a, uh, a testament to that. Wouldn't you agree? Uh, Yeah, 100%. This story that I haven't even told you what it is yet. Um, So according to an article from the New Yorker, uh, a documentary called Roadrunner is being made uh, as a sort of not a biopic, I guess, but it's the story of the life of a uh, uh, celebrity chef slash traveler, the uh, writer, all-around kind of maverick, uh, the late Anthony Bourdain, um, uh, being directed by uh, Morgan Neville. Now, the the eerie part of this story is that there's several quotes of Anthony Bourdain's in the movie because yeah, naturally it's a movie about the man that is compiled of clips and footage and testimonies regarding the man and his life. Uh, But apparently as far as I know, they don't show the, they haven't said what the quote is, but apparently Neville uh, there's one specific thing he really wanted a clip of Anthony Bourdain saying, and that clip didn't exist. So Neville did the proper, respectful, uh, dignified thing, and uh, got help creating an AI voice of Anthony Bourdain, so he could make Anthony Bourdain the, 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 you know, the troubled, the troubled man who was a hero to so many that took his own life a few years ago. Make Anthony Bourdain just say whatever the hell Neville wanted. That's fine, right? There's no ethical concerns there, is there?
1: Yeah, there's none. So.
0: So moving on, next story: Nickelodeon All Star Smash Bros, or whatever the hell it's called. No, no.
1: (laughs) Next story. Um, I I think (laughs) that's (laughs) a.
0: Wait, we never called him. uh, Is it is it tasteless to call him uh, Teen Heartthrob Anthony Bourdain? Kinda, uh, he, yeah. It's I, tasteless.
1: I think he is a heartthrob, though. But he is. It's I mean, true. He, he's he's a, really he's,
0: charming. Yeah. He's a,
1: he was a hunky guy with yeah. you know, a good yeah, personality. Good. There's something, good there's something about people who could cook. That's just you immediately fall in love with them. You know? Yeah. Like, I completely got why Linguini fell in love with that French girl in Ratatouille. It just makes sense. She was mean to him, <laughs> and she, like, threatened to stab him at one point. That did happen but, in that movie, didn't? And you? also, yeah. yeah, and also, she could cook, so it's all pros.
0: Oh well, um, yeah, I mean, but... so was the rat. Yeah, rat was hot.
1: Yeah, no? we're 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 finding we're we're really refining our friendship here.
0: Um, but, <laughs> <laughs> Isa, I have a lot to say to you after this show, serious, mostly I about think rats. We
1: sort of. Um... <laughs> In all seriousness, I think the sort of ethical stuff dealing with this, regardless of whether it's like families on board and like everyone associated thinks it's chill, uh, I think there's just generally been this sort of shift in our ethics due to the fact that so much of our lives have been like shaped by just tech nerds. And like we've been defined in an era of digitization and reducing everything to quantitative value. Uh, Like I think about how we've handled schooling during the pandemic where it's just like how do we optimize like children's interactions with their sort of school assignments and we like it's very technical and it's very robotic and we don't really
0: lost you there again to to
1: value the things that are um Oh sorry we we don't really take time to value the things that are sort of uh, I guess more focused on the humanities, like the sort of basics like social setting of school and like social health and like things like that. Um, yeah basically tech nerds are to blame, I think <laughs> I think we're moving forward with like th- th- this is just generally like indicative of of larger trends of moving forward with technology. Um, in a way that's only defined by people who care about certain things of like I, of pushing technology forward for the sake of pushing technology forward
0: of doing things for the sake of doing them you know here's the problem we spent like 20 years there completely rebranding nerds with uh, you know, Kevin Smith got his greasy palms in there. Toby Maguire was an absolute stallion as Spider Man. Uh, uh, we had that uh, that that little girl in Jurassic Park who was a hacker. We had Angelina Jolie in Hackers. We had Scott Pilgrim. And uh, we had this complete rebranding of nerds till suddenly nerds were the new hotness. Everybody wanted to be them. We stopped shoving them in lockers and now look, they're kind of ending the world. You know, this is, we, (laughs) we should have kept it. We should have kept it as is. If we just kept giving swirlies, none of this would be happening right now. and i this I'm is I'm, I'm a nerd i'd like uh-huh. i should have been bullied way more you know it's only fair i'm glad the official stance of your show is pro 1950s bully <laughs> yeah oh god cyberbullying. no there's absolutely no time or place for that that's horrific um but i am all for uh you know kids getting yeah. thrown upside down <laughs> into dumpsters you know <laughs> like <laughs> Or I think, um, you know, drop, dropping, uh, you know, pig's blood on Poindexter uh, from a bucket as he opens a door. Yeah, that's that's yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, that's really what this show is all about. We sort of started uh, talking about... Um, The late Anthony Bourdain and this sort of weird ethical quandary about uh, uh, recreating a sort of fictionalized version of him through artificial intelligence, and now we're advocating for bullying. Uh, (laughs) Well, and like
1: 1950s bullying, like cartoon bullying again. Yeah, to be very real bullying, inexcusable. Cartoon bullying,
0: perfect, necessary foundation of democracy. Exactly. Exactly. I think. uh, I think if I have one message for the people out there today, it's really think long and hard about your relationship to technology and about how algorithms and artificial and virtual intelligences influence your life in both uh, obvious ways and, uh, frankly, in more cases, much more subtle ways. Think about that and then uh, go give the next pencil neck you see an atomic wedgie um i think those are the two messages i really want to get out there today
1: i i definitely know there's going to be someone in your audience that doesn't understand irony and i want you to know that paxton
0: (laughs) there's no one in our audience we don't need to i make this joke like every week but come on you 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 flatter us too much it's fine um anyway yeah bullying's cool all right we'll be back in just a minute KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine this is socially distanced still continuing to be socially distanced that has not changed uh I am Paxton and uh if you're just joining us now uh everyone's favorite co-host uh Justin Kiever and I'm talking all the co-hosts I'm I'm including like Ed McMahon and uh Paul Schaefer in there Justin Kiever takes the creme de la creme in my opinion and most people's opinion and America's opinion um but he's not here today unfortunately uh so uh, you know uh, picking up the slack for uh, Justin's absence uh we have another terrific young gentleman he takes silver in America's heart still above Ed McMahon um is uh the the one the only the absolutely just beefcake Issa rashid the teen heartthrob isa rashid <laughs> isa rashid teen heartthrob how you doing sir
1: i'm 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 doing as well as i can given the circumstances
0: good i don't know why i'm like reintroducing you in like uh like you and i are just now talking we just talked for you know 25 minutes but <laughs> neither here nor there isa it's good to hear your voice once again it's it's
1: it's always good to be heard <laughs> that's why we. That's why we flocked to
0: the radio. <laughs> that's why. That's why you know um, the ra- radio isn't going anywhere, especially public radio. It's going to be here forever. Issa. Um, as you may or may Absolutely. not know as you do know this has been clarified before um but i'm, I'm gonna you know refresh you just humor me here yeah uh, this is our next segment called feast in the weast wherein uh we talk about the media that we have been feasting on over here in the west coast uh so uh isa here you've been doing a little feasting here you will getting <laughs> your your nibbles in there your munches your crunches your your uh uh not gestation that's that's um i guess gestation is a part of feasting too i hear even gestating what are you gestated <laughs> lately uh well the sort of
1: the, the the thing that i think is most significant and i think it'll go down as like the piece of art of the pandemic like as we look back at this time is both
0: be- lost you right when you were saying Burnham's what comedy to- special oh. inside Um, on netflix you cut out right (laughs) when you were saying what
1: that piece is (laughs) you want to say it one more time it's uh bo burnham's comedy special inside uh which is on netflix uh inside is a comedy special done in quarantine over the course of 2020 um it 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 uh, has Bo Burnham in a single room and he directed it and he shot it and he uh, he created the performance and he acted in it. It's just, a, it's a one-man show. Uh, it's really genuinely incredible and it's visceral. Um, before I go too much into it, I just want to say there's a reductress article uh, which is called
0: Oh, wait, by the way, do you know what the Reductress is? Yeah, it's like a satirical uh, uh paper. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's it's like The Onion, but like. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Women. I got it mixed up. Yeah. With, I got to mix up with Jezebel for half a second. I was like, Wait, do I know <laughs> Yeah, I know Reductress. yeah. Uh,
1: yeah. So there's an article on there that says how that came out right after Inside that says how to recommend Bill Burnham's comedy special without explaining your uh. Uh, your, your, your mental illness. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, uh, just keeping that in mind. Uh, yeah, it is, it is just viscerally about the mental toll being in quarantine has. And as someone who has been very, very depressed during quarantine, it just felt so incredibly validating to see I don't know it just felt like the sort of toxic positivity that is perpetuated online of like quarantine more like book club am I right uh, <laughs> 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 being being turned into sort of like I don't know it, it just it it's just really really nice to to see that toll taken seriously and to see sort of mental health taken seriously. I, in the beginning of quarantine, I think I tweeted something like I'm deeply unhappy, but like in a fun, sexy, relatable way where I could sell merch. Um, <laughs> and I think that's basically the way I've, uh, I've seen media interact with mental health where it is like it. it is like well-natured it's sucked up into like buy my depression hoodies and like that's
0: not dissociating
1: a- right now lol <laughs> <laughs> yeah or like that therapy uh app that is currently sponsoring every youtuber oh the one where
0: it's like ah just have a call with a random therapist for 15 minutes and they're
1: like the therapists don't have to be qualified or something (laughs) like there was a big scandal on that like just the the way in which things aren't taken seriously because taking them seriously is like not a fun place like mental health isn't a chill like conversation to have you can't really like put ad breaks in the middle of it because it's super weird and like cuts the, the really necessary like seriousness of it. Uh but I think Bo Burnham's Inside really explores like depression, like not bueno. And it's it's nice to see that after like being at the depths that I've been through and talking to friends who have also felt the same way seeing it. Um by the way, what I mean, what do do you
0: know about Bo Burnham, and what do you think about him? Uh, I mean, I have known about Bo Burnham since like the early to mid tens. Uh, sort of like post after him blowing up on YouTube. I hadn't really seen his like early YouTube stuff when he was like in high, in high school. Um, I first discovered him when he uh, he was the the uh, the. Uh, comedy guest at the end of uh conan um they had him on as like their you know to do to do five minutes of stand-up and i had never heard of him at that point and the moment where i knew i was like oh this guy is this guy is something special was he <laughs> he came out they like they like you know please welcome the stage bo burnham and he comes out uh from behind these curtains and he's wearing these like big ridiculous red parachute pants and and he i i don't know how well this translates over audio because it's a very physical bit but it's like as the audience is applauding he's wearing these big red parachute pants and he rips them off They're breakaway pants he rips them off and there's the same pair of red parachute pants under them and then he breaks those off and then he's just wearing his regular jeans and then he just starts doing stand-up without acknowledging the <laughs> without acknowledging it <laughs> it's just like and it happens over the course of like five seconds but the whole the whole routine was great but just that you immediate like walking out it there's something that is a, breakaway pants are always going to be the easiest way to get a laugh out of me and so seeing <laughs> double breakaway pants like really kind of broke me for a bit there and then from then on like I I, I thought he did a great job and I you know caught him occasionally I, I don't think I've ever seen any of his like specials in full but I've like watched him many a time I saw eighth grade which he wrote and directed and I quite enjoyed that um yeah through and through i would not call myself like a diehard fan but i have enjoyed everything of his that i've seen um uh but but yeah no i I, inside is something that like everyone who talks about it seems to be absolutely blown away and for largely the same reasons that you've listed um like in how it addresses uh the sort of isolation and mental toll that the pandemic has taken on people myself included i've been doing this sh- this show socially distanced. justin and i have been doing this show over the course of the entire pandemic we started as the name would imply right at the start of the pandemic and uh despite the fact that we try and keep things light and goofy on this show, Justin and I have both been (laughs) cripplingly miserable over the last year and a half. Like I think most people are. Um, And so, yeah, it is like, definitely uh, uh, intriguing and enticing to see something that does take a comedic lens to approach that specific misery that a lot of us um, have tried to sort of uh play down with humor or just avoid discussing altogether. Um anyway, that's sort of my long and short uh, knowledge of uh of uh, Bo Burnham.
1: Yeah uh yeah you basically covered it like uh, like you said he he was sort of a YouTuber at the very beginning and uh he was actually the youngest person I think to ever have a comedy central special. Uh, so he's been performing pre- from a really early Age and so a lot of his comedy, like later on, was about performance meetings have with the audience in their life, um, and um, I, I think especially his Netflix specials sort of pushing up until Inside, which really takes it further. It's like part of the sort of tradition of like pushing comedy where i i also think about hannah gadsby's uh nanette where uh she really breaks down how comedians are are supposed to sort of cannibalize their lives and like sanitize it to be content um and by the way all of these things uh like just reading up like reading like stand-up comedy bros talk about it in twitter i i just want to Drown myself because <laughs> you know there you, pe- people do really like that sort of old school comedy where you you go up on stage and talk about how much you hate your wife. It get pushed and and I think there is this sort of fundamental thing in Bill Burnham's work where um, stand up comedy isn't a genre; it's a medium and. Like it's a very specific medium, and and within it, there's like um, there's elements that don't exist in any other medium. There's this almost fascist relationship between the speaker and the audience, and it, it's just really different and unique. And I and I think it's really interesting how he pushes and pulls the sort of boundaries of that medium.
0: Well, I don't really. Um, I, I I don't want to like cut you off or derail you, but I'm curious. You, you explain exactly what you mean by it's not a genre. It's a media You mean it because it's it's its own, uh, f- like form of entertainment and media on a whole that it's like comprised of subgenres. Is sort of what you're getting at, or what do you mean exactly? Uh,
1: um. Yeah. Well, I think it's 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 like I think people throw expectations onto it. Um, that like, Oh, you just get up and you talk about how much you hate your wife and you talk about airplane food and all that. But I think it's, you know, it is a very specific, unique thing that could be used to explore anything like the, the, the fluidity to which it could be approached is really insane. Like it's hugely fluid um, and, and there's a lot of potential if people are willing to step away from, like, seeing it as that sort of, as what you think of immediately when when you talk about stand-up comedy. Like, I guess I, I mean to say it's more, ex- like, his work's more experimental, as was Hannah Gadsby's Nanette. But I think that sort of experimentation shows just how... It's this unique thing that nothing else is like because there's this like constant direct address. You're not doing like a character. You're, you're just up there and you're saying things and like cinema isn't like that and neither is theater and neither is like, it's its own thing that could be used to do anything. My dinner with
0: Andre is kind of like that. (laughs) Oh shoot. (laughs) Okay, never mind. (laughs) That's two people saying things, to be fair. Um,
1: But, well, like in My Dinner with Andre, it's a character and you're aware of that. But, like, there's this sort of facade of, like, oh, this is actually Jerry Seinfeld's thoughts. This is just how Jerry Seinfeld is. And, like, Jerry Seinfeld is doing exactly what I thought when I watched B movie. But it's just, it's really interesting. With anything, there's, like, just, like, really toxic discourse. And especially given how toxic, like, stand-up comedy uh, fans are, it's just, it makes sense that, like, Nanette especially, Hannah Gatsby's special, uh, which was also super experimental, just, like, was flooded with hate. Like, it was insane. Uh, weirdly enough, the, the thing made by the straight white guy wasn't. But... <laughs> 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 we sorry are you
0: book. are you going on the attack of like uh, you know the, the fans of joe rogan and the come boys because <laughs> i won't i won't stand for it paxton i need you to understand irony
1: doesn't communicate well on radio <laughs> <laughs> I know, I'm, I'm
0: painting myself into a corner here yeah. am i allowed to say c-town on the radio i don't know if i'm allowed to do that um maybe I'll put a censor bleep there in post or maybe I'll just forget and won't bother and hope for the best. We'll see what happens. Um, oh, anyway, yeah. <laughs> neither here nor there. Um, yeah, I, I'm curious because it seems like it also just like from what i have heard the few songs i've heard about it like i've seen i've heard like i've heard the jeff bezos song because everybody's heard that at this point i've heard the uh the uh the white girls instagram or or whatever like white woman's instagram uh Mm -hmm. song i've heard a couple of them and it seems like at least the ones i've heard like all tend to examine like the the things that like we cannot get out of our life in quarantine so it's like news about like uh you know tech oligopolies like like uh quadrupling in power and influence over the course of a year it's news of uh it's it's mindless scrolling through social media sort of to to like these pictures that you really don't actually care about at all it's it seems to be like a reaction to like the stimuli that we have experienced in the last year and how that sort of has a toll on us as individuals. Is that, is that like an, a pretty apt interpretation from someone who's barely seen this thing? Um, I kind of just want to say no, but like interesting
1: <laughs> uh, no, well, shoot it's... me down. I
0: haven't seen the damn thing. Like, yeah. Yeah. What?
1: Uh, well, I mean, the the bits you're you it's, it's really interesting because the white woman's Instagram bit does sort of start out as the sort of low hanging fruit you think it is, where it's just like, this is like common things white women take pictures. of, But then it like just takes a woman in question posting about her dead mom and oh, just you're left yeah. with
0: yeah <laughs> i forgot it does i forgot it goes places that's right <laughs> yeah
1: it's just so weird because i mean it it is such like a, a disoriented thing where it's kind of difficult to attach any one theme to it um but it is it's interesting i saw it and then i saw it again with my mom and uh that was really fun i really recommend you see it with your parents <laughs> there's a <laughs> um there, it's like really weird because the um the sort of beginning is just like, this is a comedy special, but it's just with me. And it just tries to play it like straight with like jokes. And like, it's more like, ah, I'm having fun here. We're having fun here. And then gradually, I think the sort of, it just sort of falls apart into insanity and depression and anxiety and it's just, it's just, it's so strange that you don't really see things like that in mainstream art. Um, and you definitely don't see things like that in stand-up comedy to the extent where like film discourse isn't referring to it as a, a comedy special or referring to it as a film, which a lot of people are like, not super on board with. Cause it's like, Oh, suddenly because it's, it's something unique, you're calling it a film rather than a comedy special. That's
0: that's really strange. Sometimes it's hard to tell if you're I will say like I, I it's been hard to tell if you're done talking because mm-hmm. this whole time you have had like been cutting out for like five seconds at a time you you cut out but then like the audio catches right back up you're i'm not losing anything you're saying there's just extremely long pauses in the middle of a lot of your sentences in this episode and so sometimes like you finish a thought and i'm like let me just um Uh, okay i'll talk now um so that's been uh you know it's been a it's been a little bit of a roller coaster of an episode uh but Um, uh i'm real sorry
1: for that i'll i'll find a i'll find a way to to i guess end on a more concrete point let's hear it
0: hit me okay. with the best shot baby
1: <laughs> now you want me to end on a concrete point
0: now <laughs> look look just or, or you could just advocate for old school bullying again really you can go either way with it
1: uh i just think it's a really unique piece of art i genuinely think it's the greatest piece of art i've seen of the 2020s so far given the two years we've had of them so far um i just i i guess year and a half
0: i mean uh, on it i would still probably lean more towards but like the sonic movie but you know oh gosh their own
1: (laughs) oh right yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs)
0: that was the last thing i I saw in theaters before quarantine
1: why did you see it in theaters
0: my friend wanted to go see it and i was like sure why not Uh, like things were getting weird already it was like we're probably gonna have to lock down soon won't Uh, we and i was like well movie theaters might not be a thing (laughs) soon enough i should probably go see this i should probably get one last hurrah at the movies (laughs) and uh i saw it and then everything happened and then movie theaters didn't technically die um Mm. so that was good I might go see Zola this weekend. Uh oh, yeah. so that's exciting. That's a thing yeah. to see in theaters that is of a actual like somewhat high caliber. Um hopefully. <laughs> uh I will say Sonic wasn't bad. It was fine. Oh, that's it was a fine movie. Yeah.
1: Was fine. My last my last movie was uh Birds of Prey, which, <laughs> which was really, really good for like in in terms of uh in terms of like stretching genres and that like birds of prey really did that for this it was a breath of fresh air and no one saw it i think no like i think it was Uh, like
0: i think it was one of dc's like biggest financial flops and half of their films have been gigantic financial flops
1: (laughs) (laughs) that's heartbreaking because it really was just like like a, it was like being punched in the face but the person's fist is covered in glitter and like that was a refreshing experience the the i w- haven't gone back to cinemas yet but i i had plans to see boss baby 2 with my friend Shannon and we were both going to dress up in suits opening night uh and go to boss baby 2 and neither of us have seen boss baby 1 <laughs>
0: i will say we have
1: to wrap this um, up but i, so I thought that'd be really funny say,
0: my friend did a bit we went to go see uh we went to go see star wars the, the last one that came out um rise of skywalker we went to go see that boy that was a, a, a evening um But we went to see that that's that's sorry
1: that's actually the full subtitle of the rise of skywalker (laughs) boy this will be an evening (laughs) this will kill two and a half hours um i i i really wish it had the subtitle of mamma mia 2 because it just that's such a perfect subtitle to only use on one film here we go again um
0: but we we went and saw that And then the next day, because they came out at like the same time, the next day we went to go see cats in theaters. And uh, (laughs) my friend came decked out because for some reason he owns a lot of this. He came decked out in Porg merch. So he had a Porg t-shirt. He had like a Porg hat. He had a little plush Porg that you could like magnetize onto your shoulder. He was dressed in full Porg merch and uh he went to the theater and said one ticket for cats please and it was it's a good bit it's a good bit (laughs) i admire it
1: (laughs) that's yeah that is a a, a top tier bit i didn't follow through with my boss baby thing because i was busy but like oh boy i wish i had you really should have
0: there's still Boss baby three you just gotta hold out hope anyway we've really (laughs) lost the plot here and um (laughs) as if we ever had one to begin with uh all right well isa it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show um thanks so much for filling in this was also kind of a last minute fill-in so i really appreciate you doing this on such short notice
1: yeah uh yeah i I think it's been an absolute pleasure i'm a I'm a big socially distanced resident of the socially distanced fan club.
0: <laughs> you know, and we're, we're so grateful to have, you. we need someone managing that uh, that just massive fan base. And we're really glad you've been able to sort of uh, take the reins on that, uh, you know, moderating the discord and everything uh, uh, you know, sending out the newsletter um, really, we'd, uh, we'd be absolutely lost without you. Isis. So thanks so much. Um, all right. That'll do it for us this week uh remember everyone uh, again i want to thank ease one more time and folks remember stay safe out there stay healthy and uh go give a kid a swirly today you know i think that's uh that's the real takeaway from today's episode all right bye everybody